Good evening, everyone. So, yeah, a couple of sad days. Um, Aaron said we live a little outside of downtown, and, you know, I've worked downtown my entire career, so I consider it my town, and um, very sad what took place a couple of days ago. Um, thought Jarrett preached a great word tonight, and uh, so grateful that we are in the Beatitudes, and the reason why is because, you know, Dr. Evans had talked about it, Jarrett mentioned it, what we need to do as Christians, and if you ask me, uh, Stuart and I were talking about it today at Grace Bridge, you hear over and over and over and over again, and we see it on social media and, and amongst Christians, is that Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the answer, and that's right, Jesus is the answer, but really what we need in this country is we need Christians to be Christians, you know, we don't have enough Christians being Christians in this country. And um, we are Jesus, as Jarrett said, to, we're the only Jesus some people will see. And uh, that's the great thing about what we're studying, so applicable for this time. Uh, this is Jesus' words. Jesus speaking to his disciples, to his people, saying, this is the character. This is my character. This is how I want you to live. This is how I expect you to live. We need Christians to be Christians, and again, Jesus telling us, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act. This is my character. This is what I want your character to be like. Uh, so tonight, we are going to be talking about one that I think is so very applicable for this time, so very applicable for this moment, and for what our country and our city faces at this time, and it's meekness. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Let's take a look. So it's in Matthew. We're still in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, when most people think of meekness, uh, I'm not thinking that they normally, at least in the world, by the world's eyes, and they're not thinking this is necessarily a good thing. <clears throat> most people, I think, if you ask them what it, uh, does meekness mean to you? They would probably equate it as much as anything to weakness. Meekness equals weakness. That's kind of what the world views of it. We, we live in a generation in a society where they believe that nice guys finish last. And that if you want to get ahead in the world, you got to really push forward and maybe step on some people as you go. We talk about it all the time in my world, in the business world. You know, I know lots of people with lots of money, and it's unfortunate to me that for most of them, I can look at them and say, yeah, they only got there because they were just ruthless the way they treated people, and that's unfortunate. Okay, so the world really looks at this as, I think, in a negative light. Weakness is what they would say is meekness. And, you know, it wasn't much different at this time when Jesus is speaking this words, right? This wasn't something that they embraced Okay, first of all, remember, they're expecting their Messiah to come in and be an earthly king. They're expecting this to be a warrior, somebody that's going to come and bring justice in the way that they expect to see justice. So this wasn't something that, that when Jesus speaks these words, blessed are the meek, you know, they're not saying, oh, wow, that's great. What, you know, we're going to be fired up. That's, that must be a good thing. That means we're going to conquer things. No, that's not what they thought then either. Okay, so... So tonight, we're going to look, though, and we're going to try to define meekness. We're going to try to really make us understand what it means to be meek, because, you know, Christ thought enough of it that he put it as one of his 
few things, these few character traits that he wants us to live by, he wants our life and our actions to flow out of, is this meekness. So in a nutshell, what does meek mean? Meek means gentle. Meek means gentle. It means quiet. Uh, it means humble. Not the same kind of humble that we talked about really in the first uh, beatitude when we talked about blessed are the poor. That is more of a humble spirit internally. You could think of it as an internal humility. This humility is more toward others. It's a humility toward others is what this meekness is about. Okay, it's also about submission. We're going to talk about that later. It's about submission. Uh, this is really a picture, okay, of someone who has a quiet confidence because they know who they are and what they can do. It's a quiet confidence that comes from knowing who you are and what you can do. The Greek word for meek is praus, P-R-A-U-S. And it comes, it's borrowed from the military, Okay, it's a term that basically describes taking a, a wild horse and taming that horse, training that horse. You might call it breaking that horse so that they could use that horse in wartime. Okay, that's where that word comes from. I was doing a little bit of studying on this and came across this really cool program up in Wyoming. It's called the Honor Farm System. It's, it's part of the Wyoming um, uh, penal system. And what they do is, is they take uh, maximum security prisoners that are not at a, you know, not, a, not a, a big danger, so minimum kind of risk prisoners. And they take those prisoners, they teach them how to train and break horses. There's some 40,000, I didn't know this, 40,000 wild Mustangs that still roam up in that part of the world. And they take and they capture these horses. Oddly enough, the way they capture them is they take a horse that's already trained and then they, they put that horse out there with them, and then that horse runs into a pen, and they all follow, and they call that horse the Judas horse because he betrays the other horses. So they capture these horses, and then these, these prisoners are trained and taught how to break these horses, how to uh, take a horse and train it so that they can use it for other purposes. And the word they use, what they call that is to make a horse gentle. They call it to make a horse meek, to make a horse gentle. That's the picture of meekness is this horse that's broken that they've taken from the wild and they've broken and made gentle. So I started thinking about this and I wanted to, us to kind of come up with some, some thoughts. I started thinking about what would be the characteristics of this wild horse that's unbroken, ungentle, and what would be some of the characteristics of this gentle horse, the one that they have now broken? How would you describe this horse, the wild horse? Out of control? Unrideable. Willful, fearless? Certainly, you know, not something that you can come up and just pet, right? I mean, you try to touch, it's going to run away from you. Uh, maybe even kind of angry, right? When I think of it, I think of, of an angry horse, um, maybe even a little bit mean, right? Stubborn, that's probably a good one too. Maybe even a little bit loud. You know, I've, I've watched the movies. I watched The Man from Snowy River. You like that movie? That's, a, that's one of my favorite movies. They break the horses. They seem kind of loud to me also, right? That's a great movie though, right? What about the gentle horse? How would we describe the gentle horse? Calm, peaceful, follows directions, obedient, Submissive, teachable, pliant. Those are all good things, right? I mean, so if you look at this, this is the, remember, this is the picture of meekness, okay, versus this, right? So kind of, you start getting a picture of what really meekness is, 
All right, and, and, and interesting, the one thing that, I, that, that you could put on both lists, I would say, is probably strong, wouldn't you say? Strong and powerful. I mean, we know horses are strong and powerful, right? That's where we uh, get the word horsepower. An engineer named James uh, Watt, the same Watt that came up with the Watt for the, Watt bu- the, the light bulb, he came up with horsepower, and he came up with it watching horses in a coal mine, and he was trying to measure the strength of this horse. So the, where that word comes from is he, he decided that a horse could lift 33,000 pounds, one horse could lift 33,000 pounds, one foot in one minute, and that's where he came up with the word horsepower that we still use today for all kinds of engines, like car engines. So we know that horses, even after they have been broken, are strong. So right away we know, right, that, that meekness doesn't equal weakness. And in the Bible, we also get confirmation of this. A verse that we all love that says we're not, we don't have a, a spirit of fear, right? We have, but what do we do have? A spirit of power. Power, right? And even Paul, okay, you might say, well, didn't Paul talk about weakness? He did. He talked about weakness in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he's not talking about weakness as much as he's talking about his strength in God, right? It's not about his weakness. It's about his strength in Christ. Because in other parts of the Bible, he is very clear to us. Ephesians 1, 19, it says that the measurable greatness of God's power to those who believe measurable greatness of God's power to those who believe. We also said that I can do all things who Christ who gives me strength. So we know right away, don't we, that meekness doesn't equal weakness. Meekness is this gentle, quiet, uh, submissive, humble, yet strong person for God, Christian. But There's one really big difference, and it's within these words, really. There's one really big difference between these two, and it's that is this horse can be used for his intended purpose, right? I mean, this horse, we know they can't even barely capture it, can't use it for anything until it goes through this process of being made gentle. Only then can it be used for its intended purpose, That's a big part of meekness for us, okay? The Bible gives us a little bit of clue as to what this means. There's two people in the Bible that are referred to as meek. Okay, the first is Moses. Love this chapter. It's Numbers chapter 12, and it's when uh, Aaron and Miriam... Okay, they've decided that they're going to have a a coup here. They're going to go around Moses. They decided they're tired of listening to him, and they want to have direct access to God. They can have this relationship that he has with God. So they start making all kinds of noise and saying really bad things about Moses and how terrible he is. And, you know, he's not, a, you know, why is he so special? You know, and Moses sits back and that's when the Bible refers to him as the meekest man of all the earth. And what happens? They go to God and what's God? He steps in. He comes in and he helps Moses out. Moses doesn't say a word, but God steps in. He says, listen, you two. Okay, I speak to you and others through dreams, but Moses is my servant and I speak to him mouth to mouth. God comes to the rescue. Okay, 
Moses was definitely someone that was, God was using for an intended purpose. The other person that the Bible talks about is Jesus. Jesus' heart is described as meek and humble of heart. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Jesus is meek and humble of heart. It'd be hard to say that Jesus wasn't uh, there for his intended purpose, right? When we know Jesus is the perfect example for everything. You know, Jesus wasn't a pushover, though. He wasn't a doormat that some people might think of in thinking of this meek person. I mean, he certainly wasn't that. He certainly wasn't weak in any respect, faced uh, all kinds of trials and tribulations without sin. But at the end of the day, he was submissive to his God. He was used for his intended purpose, right? He said, not my will, your will. And that submission part of it is what Jesus modeled. That was his meek heart. Part of the, the meekness of his heart was this submission, submitting to the will of the Father what he intended, his intended purpose. It's the same for us. That's the submission part of it. People want to look at meekness in the world and say, oh, it's a submissive person that bows down to everybody, just gets run over. That's not it at all. This is a quiet, gentle person that's strong, okay, that's willing to submit to God. That's the meek person. And I would also add, though, that that person that's willing to submit to God, I would add the word courageous in there because it takes a lot of courage to do what God's calling you to do. Takes a lot of courage. So now we've got a, a little better picture than maybe the world would paint, right? Of this quiet, gentle, submissive to God, strong and courageous person. And the one thing that you, that you can do when you look at this, this horse, right? Is, is you can tell, the gentle horse, you can tell a lot by its actions. You know, we've talked about that a lot in here, about that these characters and you know, they're, they're, they're your being, they're the be attitudes, not the do attitudes, but, but out of that character flows your actions. And you can tell a lot about a horse by how it acts. You know that this wild horse by its actions, and you know this one by the way it acts also, right? I mean, you know that once you've broken a horse, I mean, I love horse racing. I love to watch horse racing. I just love the, the history and the majesty of horse racing. And you can just see just the control of these horses and these finely tuned really athletes and, 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 and by their actions. I mean, I'm always amazed at how the riders are able to control them and how, you know, that, that they understand what they're going to do. They're such smart animals, you know, so you can tell by their actions. The same for us, you know, you're going to be able to tell, you know, if we're made gentle, you know, if we're a Christian and made gentle, have this meekness of heart. You're going to be able to tell by our actions as well. And I want us to look tonight, because I think we can find these actions in Psalm. Okay, we're going to look at Psalm 37. That's where I want us to spend some time tonight. Psalm 37 is where you will find similar words that Jesus spoke in the Beatitudes. Psalm 37, written by David. And if you looked in verse 11, Psalm 37, 11, okay, you'll see the words, but the meek shall inherit the land. Sounds familiar, right? Similar. Okay, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Well, if you look at the first 10 verses that lead up to this verse 11, really what David is describing is this meek person. He starts out in the first couple of verses really kind of talking about those who are not meek. 
the ones that maybe you're coming up against, those that are, are, are doing bad, you know, the, the ones that are not Christians that are calling you out, that are causing you trouble. And then he goes into a long list of qualities, if you will, or actions that you would see of how a meek Christian should live and what you would be able to tell from their actions. So I'm going to read it and then we're going to go back, okay? And then I'm going to point out some of these things for you. I think they're very applicable in terms of where we're at today as a city and as a country. I think that when you look at these and you really think about these, these are all things that we should be doing every single day uh, with a meekness of spirit in our, in our jobs, in our homes, in our communities. So let's, let, let's read it. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. They're temporary. Boy, such a great word just in those, 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 those couple of verses about, you know, so many times, boy, we... Our vision is, is really just kind of what's in front of us. We, we, you know, it takes faith to see past kind of what's here, muddying up your, your immediate vision. You know, but, but this is temporary. These evildoers, this bad stuff that's happening in our world, it's temporary. It's easy, though, to kind of let it just kind of build into your system and you watch it on TV, you read it in the paper. Social media is the worst because now you can get it 24-7 all the time. Okay, but it's temporary. This is not permanent. This is what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to convince you that there's no hope. Okay, but David starts out by telling you, fret not about this. Verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring Forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. Boy, does that sound familiar today. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath, fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. <clears throat> In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundance and abundant peace. Six things that I could point out in this first 10 verses here, first 11 verses that I think are reflections of the character of meekness. I think that's what David is trying to tell us. This is what this meek person, this is what a Christian that has a meekness of spirit looks like. Number one, they trust in the Lord. They trust in the Lord. Again, things aren't always as they seem to our human eyes. God is still God. God is still sovereign and God is in control. There's probably never a time in our country that it is more important than it is today that we trust in the Lord. It's going to affect everything that we do. Every response, everything we do is going to come out of that. Number two, delight yourself in the Lord. <laughs> I talked about this, remember, when we were going through Joshua, you know, in the beginning there, uh, when they had just crossed over the Jordan and they got to 
to trade in the, the manna that they'd been eating for, for other food, right? For good fruit from the land. And I said, this is just a glimpse of God's goodness. And we should, we should cherish those, God, those glimpses of God's goodness. This is what this is about. This meek person, that's what you do. You have a, a, a grateful heart. It isn't all bad. There's goodness all around us. There's goodness in being in this room tonight. Being amongst believers, our health, our family, there's so many things that you can focus on that are good, but boy, it is so easy for us to zero in on what's bad. I don't know what it is about the human spirit, me included, to focus in on what's bad when there's so many things to delight in what the Lord has done. So much. Number three, commit your way to the Lord. In that same scripture where Jesus uh, talks about having a meek and humble heart, he also talks about you have heavy burdens. It's that same scripture. You have heavy burdens. Come to me. Why? Because I will give you rest. Give it to the Lord. Okay, when your mind focuses in on the bad or when you get fearful, when you're afraid, okay, when you're worried because everything seems to be out of control. I witnessed it in our own house. I witnessed it in my my children. Just scared. Uncertain. I mean, that's our world. We live there every day. Okay? They were just scared. Give it to God. He's still in control. It's not about us. We start thinking it's about us. I saw, and he's a dear friend of mine, the mayor. I saw he made a quote this morning, and I just wanted to just text him, and I didn't. I just showed restraint. Um, he said, you know, we got to have faith in each other. I'm like, golly, boy, what is the end of, how does, where does that end? We got to support and love one another. But man, if your faith is in the person next to you, I'm, I promise you, we're in trouble. Our faith has to be in God, right? Give it to God. Commit it to God. Number four, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Man, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Exodus 14, uh, verse 13, where God says, just stand firm, stand still, and see me deliver you today. Man, there's just something that's just powerful in that. And just knowing if you can be rooted in God and God's word and, and what he provides, his power, his strength, stand still, God said. Some of the hardest times in life is just waiting on God. It can be very difficult. But boy, it also can be very rewarding. It can be very rewarding to know that your God's in control and that you can stand firm because He's going to deliver you. Number five, refrain from anger. Boy, this is a good one to just to read over and over and over again because it is just something that, you know, when I look around and I listen, even amongst Christians, it's just the anger going back and forth. Just the anger. You know, the Bible tells us that um, we should be quick to listen. And what? Slow to speak? Slow to anger? James 1.19? One of my great scenes in... Uh, the movie Pure Country. Have you ever seen that with George Strait? If you're a Texan, you've got to have seen Pure Country. Okay. 
Remember when they are having uh, breakfast and he had just came to that farm and they sit there the whole time and, and those boys are all eating, getting ready to go out and it's like a long scene. And then he gets up, they get up, he sends them out to go to work and then the father says, it's hard to get in a word in edgewise with those boys, they're just talking all the time. I love that, just, uh, just the quietness, just there's something that's just, there's something great and, and strong about somebody that listens, isn't there? We don't have enough of that today. Everybody wants to be heard. <clears throat> Everybody wants to be heard. That's exactly why social media is so popular. I want people to hear me. I want to be able to say something, and I want you to take notice of me. Because I got something important to say, and you need to listen. It's just crazy. I mean, honestly, we could all, and I include at the top of that list myself, would be good just to listen. Just to listen. I mean, you, you can just communicate so much better with someone if you're willing to listen. It shows you care. Trying to understand. Well, we just don't see that in this world today, though. You certainly don't see it when we're talking about the issues that we're talking about of, of race relations. Boy, everybody wants to shout as loud as they can because it's like, if I talk louder, you will believe me. I just know it. If I say it enough and I say it loud enough, I'm going to convince you I'm right and you're wrong. I can just tell you that's not the way it happens. Very few times in my life do I get somebody that... That, that I'm trying to tell them something that they did wrong, and they just say, you're right, I'm wrong. And so it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Refrain from anger. Okay, this meek person, okay, this person that Christ wants us to be, is not going out trying to create arguments and fights. You know, I was thinking about the other night I was at a restaurant. I saw somebody that looked at me, and they looked at my bracelet, and I saw their face change in an instant. In an instant, I saw their face change. It made me sad. And I'll tell you why. I saw their face change because I could tell you. I read their face, and they said, as soon as they saw that, the first thing they said was, they went from friend to foe. I said, okay, there's a bigot. There's somebody that's going to judge me, that's going to be mean to me, that's not going to, you know, listen to me. How fast has that changed? This used to be a symbol of love. Boy, it sure has changed, though. You know, are we as Christians being Christians? Man, I want this to be a beacon of hope for somebody. I want somebody to see this and say, oh, man, I need to go talk to him. He's got something I need. He doesn't need me to come to him and judge them. doesn't need me to come to them and scream at them or argue with them. He needs me to love them, care for them, be there for them, refrain from anger. And six, fret not. It's mentioned three different times. Fret not because of the evildoers. There in verse one. Verse seven, fret not because of those who prosper. I think about this all the time. I, I look in the, my world, my business world, and I'm thinking, man, how does, what is God doing? That is the worst person in the world, and they just seem to have it so made. Fret not. Why am I worried about stuff like that? It's not mine. Okay, it's not for me. God's in control. 
And then the last part there in verse 8, fret not yourself. Why? Because it tends only to evil. What will it do? It'll eat you up inside, turn you negative. Take away your meekness, that's for sure. Brings in pride, doesn't it? Can we see how this can shape, how these things can shape the way we should be approaching the world today? I mean, is this a wonderful picture? But it still takes a lot of faith, doesn't it? still takes a lot of faith because you can really get down. I find myself getting down sometime. And I was reading about a Nazi prison camp where they were forced to roll this boulder from one side of the camp to the back. It wasn't the rolling back and forth that gave them out. It was because they never thought it would end. No hope. No faith. Never thought that they could get past it. Sometimes I think we feel that way, don't we? I mean, this world is tough right now. We need hope. We need faith. It takes faith to live this out. It takes faith to live out Psalm 37. It takes faith to be meek. But the good news is meekness is rooted in faith. All right? It's one of the, it is the only beatitude that is also a fruit of the Spirit. You realize that? It's one of the Galatians 5.22 fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness. That word kindness really is more applicable to gentleness. If you look at the King James Version, it's not going to say kindness. It's going to say gentleness. Goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and meekness. Some Bibles will say gentleness. That is meekness. So what does it mean that it's a fruit of the Spirit? It means that we all, Christians, have it. Okay, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you have it. It's built in inside of you. All Christians have it. Okay? It's also part of how we as Christians approach the world. One of the great verses that I found on this, uh, I couldn't have been more applicable also to this time, is in 1 Peter 3.15. It's talking about when we're out telling people about Christ, really. It says this, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Okay, be prepared. When somebody says, why are you acting this way? Why are you a Christian? Why are you wearing that bracelet? Be prepared. We've talked about this a bunch, how to be prepared. Be prepared, okay? But yet it says, do it with gentleness and respect. How many times do we just want to beat it into somebody's head? Right? That's not the way to approach it. It's with gentleness, with respect. And the good news is that it isn't something that we have to just count on for the future. This blessing that's in this verse, what does it say? Will inherit the earth makes you think about it. It's something out in the future. But it is for today as it is much for the future. Okay? This is not only for the world to come. All right? But it's for now. 1 Timothy 4.8, Paul says this. Says that godliness, that's what we're talking about really. Godliness. It's good for all kinds of things. In the age to come, the time to come, and in the present. In the present. What a great promise that is, isn't it? That this, this gentle, quiet, submissive, strong, courageous person that lives out Psalm 37 inherits today. 
today. And again, it isn't always what you see, but it's what God sees. It's what faith does. It's what hope does in a sovereign God. Now, we don't always live this out, right? Just because it's inside of us. We've talked about this a bunch. We're not always living it out. Sometimes we're not living in a spirit of meekness. You know, when those prisoners train and make gentle those horses, they've got 105 steps in a five-page manual to take a horse from a wild stallion to a gentle, uh, broken horse. Thank God for us, there's only one thing. A repentant heart. A repentant heart. We talked about it last week. Boy, you got to love the Beatitudes, don't you? If it starts out with the first one, blessed are the poor. If we will humble ourselves, as Jared talked about tonight, if we will humble ourselves, okay? If we will mourn, if we will care about the sins of ourselves and the sins of this world, if we'll care about what's happening in our city, and if that will drive us to repentance back to God, back to God, okay, then we can unleash the spirit of meekness inside of us and go out into a world and be Christians. God cannot use that wild stallion, but God can use that gentle horse. We have such an amazing opportunity is the way I see it. I see lots of tragedy, but I see lots of opportunity. I see opportunity for us Christians to be Christians, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to shine light into a dark world. Further in the Sermon on the Mount, after the Beatitudes, what does it say? We're to be the salt and the light. Well, right now, there's a lot of darkness. I think we need a lot of light. We need to shine the light of Jesus into the dark world. There's a song that Michael Neal wrote that they've played. They played here, I think, maybe only once at the Songs of the People. I'm going to end with that song. I'm going to play a video that was from his um, old church. But I want to read you the lyrics first before I play the song because um, I want you to, to know the, the words when you're listening to this. It says, I've seen darkness shattered by light. I've seen joy break after the night. I want to see it again. I've seen tragic and hopeless days turn to stories of amazing grace. I want to see it again. I've seen laughter conquer the tears. I've seen strength rise to persevere. I want to see it again. I've seen bodies ruined and frail rise in power, completely healed. I want to see it again. Oh, Lord, oh, come, Lord, like a rushing wind. We are desperate for your presence. Revive us by your spirit within. We want to see you again.
shattered by light. I've seen joy parade after the night. I wanna see it again. I've seen tragic and hopeless days turn to stories of amazing grace. I wanna see.
the faith, God, to be a light that pierces the darkness. Lord, grant us the faith to be meek. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.